Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the State of Play podcast, episode 103. No Pepperisha today. He's probably sleeping this time at night. It is 7 p.m. in New York, East Coast area. We got everyone from the tri-state right now. Uh, myself, Matt Santangelo, and our guest, Roberto. I'm in New York, Matt's in Jersey, and Roberto's in Connecticut. So we covered all three of the tri-states. Um, so, yeah, how's everyone doing today? Okay, I usually let the I usually let the guests go first, but um, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Um, that this time next week, uh, Milan will probably be playing. So or and you'll be right. thirty, and yeah, and I'll no not thirty twenty nine. <laughs> get it right. I know. Um, I know. But uh, yeah, no, I'm doing, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm just hopeful in Milan getting some last minute additions over the line and embarrassing Pet a little bit more about Arsenal because they've done nothing. I mean, that Brentford loss alone was just fucking despicable. So, um, <laughs> Roberto, how are you, my friend? Big news, obviously, with everything going on the past week. Congratulations yeah. to you. Yeah, thank you so much um, for having me, and thank you again for the congratulations. Um, it's good to be back. And, yeah, you know, it's always kind of this uh, interesting part of the season, obviously, when everything's starting back. Um, obviously, Italy starts next week, and – you know, it's uh, it feels good. It feels good, especially now seeing like fans going back and all that kind of stuff going on. It's it's kind of a a relieving feeling, you would say. And you know, I can't wait to to see what kind of storylines and drama that we'll see, not just in you know Italy, Spain, or wherever, just like all across Europe and and abroad as well. I mean, there couldn't have been bigger drama the past ten days or so um, than Messi. Um, we won't cover this too much. We kind of covered it last episode with Tom Scholes about you know, the impact on the PSG side of things and the expectations over there. Touched a little bit on Barcelona, but obviously, Roberto, this is your bread and butter. Um, you do a lot of the stuff with BN Sports, Low Limit Football, uh, you do with Joe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the overall impact of La Liga losing its greatest ever player. They already lost their second greatest ever player in their league um, just a couple of years ago with Cristiano Ronaldo. We know the financial situations uh, with these clubs. We understand there's a salary cap, uh, loosely used uh, salary cap, I guess you could say. Um, But again, I mean, this is just a massive loss for the league itself. Think about like ESPN over here itself. Um, We just see them broadcasted this weekend. They were on ABC. There was only one game on ABC in Serie A three years on ESPN. And that was just um you know the i think it was atalanta fiorentina and that wasn't even that big of a deal this was opening weekend with barcelona and for the first time in 18 years or so there was no leo messi um they played great they ended up winning but i mean just it was weird it's just genuinely weird because his identity molded that club into you know him they're like one and the same as opposed to, you know, Ronaldo played for Real Madrid. You know, they'll move on. It'll be okay. So, like, overall impact, not only for Barca, but the league itself. Like, this is – how are they going to recover from this at this point? Well, and, and Martino, you even brought up a good point when you were on my podcast a couple of weeks ago as well, that you probably think it was probably the best relationship in sports or even in this sport in general. Um, it's um, it, it, it will be a weird feeling. I think, obviously, you know – as he enters the twilight of his career, it was going to be bound to happen. And we didn't expect it to happen this so this soon. 
but um you know certainly i think so much has been made of all this that you know in a way barcelona really have no one to blame but themselves you know as we talk right now about 12 hours beforehand john laporte the, the president of barcelona said the club is over a billion dollars in debt and you know for a team that was considered maybe the best in the world and probably the most recognizable sports team in the world at one point with messi at, at his peak it's uh, it's incredible of how much they really fall from grace. People want to compare them to, I know you guys are familiar with saying it, that they're a new Milan, but this is completely worse we, than what we've seen. Uh, I don't know about that. We got punished. They had a sell player. I mean, they lost Leo, but like you look at that lineup last night, it was still better than anything. No, it's a, it's a talented, <laughs> it's a talented yeah. team in all itself. I think it's, yeah. I think not, and I, and I made this point as well like, a couple days ago. Like, I don't think it's a team that's going to like self-destruct and get out of like European spots or something. No, they still have a talented side with great players. Like, you know, obviously we saw Memphis Depay in there. You still got Frankie De Jong. You got Ter Stegen, which is one of the best. He didn't play though, but you know, he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world, you know, and, and so many other great players out there. But I think it's just, it's been quite a mess over there that, you know, and they're, they're going to have to deal with this kind of new future. And without Messi and, and relatively so, I think, you know, the finances that they have to deal with, you know, the salary cap that you had mentioned, Martino, it's, it's the fact that, you know, that the wage bill with Messi would only amount to like what 110% of the income, even without him, it's still at 95%. So you, you see how the finances over there are just completely messed up, really. Yeah, Matt, what, what's kind of been your gauge on all this? Because we didn't have you on last week, so... Yeah, so I actually I actually listened to last week's episode. It was great with Tom. Um, obviously, he brought a great perspective on French football and you know the, the, and, and Tottenham, which um, is a whole other conversation. Obviously, they're looking to get some deals done themselves. But circling back to Messi and the ultimate outlook, if you will, on um, his departure, but also what that means for Barcelona and La Liga, obviously, it's a big blow, right? And I think if you're... Um, you know, La Liga officials, and you're just thinking from a marketing lens, right, or look marketing standpoint, obviously, you take a massive blow with this. I mean, yes, I, this was something that I, I envisioned happen, and we all did. Um, we all heard the rumblings as far as last year, right, when the whole facts situation came up, and it was, he, he wants to leave, he doesn't want to stay, and then he stayed for another year. And then it was a matter of days, or maybe a day before the news came out about Messi going to PSG, uh, Fabrizio Romano said, like, there's no doubts, like, a contract mm-hmm. will be signed soon. So things kind of materialized quickly with his move to PSG. And everyone knew PSG were in play for him. Everyone knew it was either PSG or City because of, obviously, the money they have in their coffers to, to fund such a move. But, you know, thinking about this, I'm thinking to myself, if you're someone who's trying to pitch or present La Liga to someone, right? La Liga, a couple years ago, you had, again, Ronaldo Messi. Like, Classicos were such a huge driver of the sport, right? Even if you were someone who followed religiously, Classicos on, I gotta watch this. It's Messi versus Ronaldo. Like, this is always must-see must football. Now I think to myself, I'm like, yeah, they both have good teams. And, you know, there's, there's obviously much, um, uh, plenty of talent on both rosters here. But I look at how the, both of these teams specifically Barry, because you, they're at the forefront of everything how they respond after you know, losing top players and i look at madrid situation in comparison to what we see with barcelona and we've heard the figures right everything's come out from from reports of saying they're one an excess of one billion in debt 
And that's alarming. It's not surprising. It's alarming because you kind of think to yourself like, all right, it's eventually this has got to come back and bite them in the ass. Eventually they're not going to be able to keep funding these deals and getting these players on big contracts. Right. And you see it. Players are taking wage reductions. Gerard Piquet and some of these guys are following suit saying like, well, I guess I'm taking a wage reduction because we can't register Memphis to pie for our, our roster. Like that's, this is the first time I've, in my experience, in my, of me watching this game, watching this sport as closely as I do now, have, ex- have seen something like this, like a big time club finally feel it, right? A couple of years ago, we saw with City and PSG when they had the, you know, the bands from potentially from UEFA competition and the transfer mm-hmm. bands, even to a degree with Chelsea, we're thinking finally financial fair play, mm-hmm. UEFA, like they're going to come down on these teams. Finally, there's going to be some sort of fair and balanced uh, implementation to the game. And you guys raised a point about it. You know, look at what Milan and Roma had to do. Like they had no choice but to like back out of competition, sell players. And f- uh, FIFA, UEFA, the governing bodies allow teams like Barcelona to just completely spend themselves into deeper and deeper holes. At some point, you got to stop the bleeding because if you can't, you have to save them from themselves, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of more my reaction to more so than anything sporting, anything that Messi brings to PSG or how um, the Barcelona yeah. intends to try and get a sort of balanced attack and replace that production, which is impossible that Messi brings. But that's kind of how I see things happening. And I'm I, also interested, this is my last point, yeah. in seeing what if, if, if Barcelona go back to the well, do Barcelona go become a team that you know, goes back to La Masia and says, you know, we got to get back to our roots, our basics, our culture and identity of what made Barcelona so great um, during most of the 2000s. Do they do that? Is it a balance of the market plus La Masia? I think that's what it's got to be because there's no way they can go summer to summer. Uh, no, no. And you know what? The funny thing is you make that good point, but in reality, who saved Barcelona at the end of the day, quote unquote, was La Liga, Roberto. It wasn't UEFA. UEFA didn't actually tell them, Hey, you got to have the salary cap. It's implemented. That's La Liga. If you know, La Liga didn't have this Messi's still there. Who knows the, the, the type of money that Messi would have been on. And we already see PK took a pay cut just to get these players in here. Um, but I mean, Roberto, for me now, I kind of just look at it from a title perspective, race of things, right? Because Barcelona was struggling last year anyways without Messi. Um, and even with him at times. Uh, Real Madrid, again, they had their moments, but they never solidified themselves. They just lost it on the match la- uh, the last match day, so we give them that, right? Do lose Sergio Ramos for the whole year now, even though he seemingly didn't even really play in 2021. Um, you lose that core leadership. You don't, as of today, on August 16th, have brought in anyone major of note. Carlo Ancelotti's back. Are they really the favorites? Because they're the favorites by the bookies. So they're saying here, Real Madrid are, are the title favorites. Then it's Barca and then Atletico, who won it last Atletico. year. Atletico favorites. Right? They are. So, Roberto, do you disagree with this? I mean, they, they, they won it last year. Now they're better, in my opinion. You know, João Felix, a year older. Rodrigo DePaul is, in my opinion, the signing of the summer. Matheus Cunha they're looking at, too, to reinforce the attack. I see that. Another club who's also reportedly in hundreds of millions in debt. So, Roberto, <laughs> please, what the hell is going on with this uh, on the Atletico front? And why are they not favorites? 
I mean, it's that I think it's just because you know you look at teams like Real Madrid and. I'll I'll go out on a limb and say I think the title will go to Madrid. The case of whether it goes to the white side or the red and white side. Boo! We want to pick. Boo! Uh, you know I said on the show on the football know. the other day. Yeah. I, I said I said Real Madrid because I think that you have someone like Ancelotti that has dealt with these players for quite some time. I, I think the main question will be how fit and how reliable will these guys will be, will be. Cause you know, obviously Eden Hazard, you don't know what to expect from him and, and players like him. You still see aging players like Cruz and mother who are talented on their, on their day, but let's see how much they can provide. You do lose a bit of that force in the back with the Sergio Ramos. Now you got Marcelo over there who has also been at that club for quite some time. I, I don't know guys. I, I feel like, for some reason, it's, these are the great things about predictions. It's like they can go either way. I think I'd love to have done great, you know, maintaining a core of, you know, basis of mm-hmm. most of their players. They got in Rodrigo De Paul, a talented player, as you guys are familiar with, seeing it at Udinese and now at the Copa America, you know, it's a huge upgrade for them in that midfield. I just think that, you know, it, it, it feels as if though we're, we're, we're in for a tight league. I think we're definitely going to be in for, for quite a tight league. Um, I don't see any team really out there winning by multiple points become match day 37 or something. Um, I I think it'll be a very tight one, but I think uh, Martino, even then that big, if that major signing, maybe they are waiting for that because they want to provide some sort of surprise. And, you know, I think they definitely need it, but ultimately, you know, it's, it feels as if though it might go to the Santiago Bernabeu this season, but uh it might it, it might go either way guys i think we're gonna see like maybe the title change like the leaders change every other week that's how close it's and ancelotti's record domestically he's not great he's way better in europe than he is um in, in domestic leagues matt and i can attest to this mm-hmm. thought he underachieved with milan it's what got him sacked at bayern pretty much didn't win a league when he was at real madrid the first time I just, that's the only thing I kind of worry about. I think culturally he works there, but I, I don't know. They just, they kind of feel like they lack a little bit. And I feel like they're one injury away on, on that central defense where you start to get really worried. That's just but me. The, but yeah, here's the thing know. with Atleti. What about the depth that they have? They have a real, they have great players, but they are a bit slow on, on depth if you think about it. I think a lot of these teams are though. I mean, you look at Real. Yeah, Madrid, that's so great. Yeah. You're looking at Real Madrid, and you you kind of know where they're 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 kind of putting a lot of their their, their attention and their their efforts into you know the next market, right? The next big because I think there's going to be a wave of signings, right? There's going to be like a big um, Galacticos summer next next time around, if you will. Something maybe somewhat Holland. reminiscent of what we saw in what was that 2008 2009. 2009, yeah. I mean, Kaká Ronaldo, obviously, is massive, but they brought in guys like Benzema, they brought Di Maria, like those they're, players that were like figureheads for like a dynasty. You know exactly who they're going for. We all know who they're going <laughs> for. But when I'm looking at Real Madrid, and you mentioned obviously Ramos is a big loss, but I'd like I'd argue that probably Varane is the bigger bigger loss. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Varane as the guy that was supposed to be the torchbearer for when Ramos eventually left because. Varane is still 28. Like he's in his prime. And for a defender, that's the age you want to be in. They don't lose their 
one starting central defender. They lost their also their second start as a main uh, central defender. And you're getting in there Emilio Tao, who talented, but he's not mm-hmm. those two players. He's not that same sort of caliber player who has been battle tested in many ways and has made significant strides in the Champions League when the bright lights are on. And you mm-hmm. had David Alaba, who is great, but he's getting paid a ton of money. And sometimes these deals don't work out. They don't materialize. Everyone thinks free transfer. It's free, free, free. It's not free. They're paying him a ton of money. And there's a reason why Real Madrid were, um, you know, they had their they had their numbers in mind with Ramos and, of course, with Varane. They're, pre- they're bracing for something big. It's a, it would be a bonus they win the title, to your point, Roberto, because they win the title in a somewhat of a transition year for – in, in, from for a Madrid standpoint, which is still a year where they're expected to win something. Mm. But I think Atletico Madrid, I just think that the fact that they have the character with the coach, they have that identity already built from last year. You still have guys like Suarez who have proven to be still have uh, a ton left in the tank still. So Paul, you add to the equation, if they get Cunha, I think there's a depth issue with a lot of these teams. And there's going to be a lot of these leagues, if we're thinking more expansive here, that depth is going to be the, the, the deciding factor about who wins some of these leagues. I think Juve have more depth than Inter, you know, given everything that's happened. Guys like Bernadeschi and, and Kulisevsky, you know, are probably going to play key roles under Allegri, and some po- probably thought that maybe one or two of those guys were going to leave. So I think that when you're getting back to the, the Spain situation here and who's title favorites, it's, it's got to be looked at depth, yes, but I think it's got to be Atletico Madrid. I think they've earned that respect given the year they had last year and the fact that Madrid once again, haven't really quite reinforced their squad like many expect them to when they are Real Madrid and they mm. tend to spend a ton of money. Roberto, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yep. If Atletico Madrid repeat this season, they are the first repeat champions that were not named Real Madrid and Barcelona since when, or can you give me the club name? Do you know the club? Uh, Sevilla, wasn't it? Mm. Valencia with Rafa mm. Valencia. No, no, they won two of three. It was Valencia, Real Madrid, Valencia. Well, you can't remember because you weren't born yet. Neither of us, mm-hmm. uh, none of us were. Bill Bow, 82, okay. 83, 83, 84. That's crazy to me. That's insane. Like, That's think fine. about that. Yeah. And this is what this league usually is. I mean, history does repeat itself. And again, we can't forget Atletico, yes, they did win the league. Roberto, they were stumbling down a terrible path they were. They in, were. in the second half of last season. Like that was they were sputtering out of control. So that's much my fear, but that's yeah. my fear. Okay. That's my fear into this season. It's like, do we see a repeat of that with yeah. the players that they have at the disposal? And you know, in in a way, like you said, Matt, there isn't a lot of debt on a lot of these teams. How will it affect a team like Atletico? who, you know, are, are intense and have to go through everything, not just obviously in La Liga, but, you know, Copa del Rey, got Champions League, mm. everything building up on that. That's my fear of why, what will happen to them, that when it comes to the more important part of the season, April, May, that they don't pick up the points necessary to wrap up the league. And that's where I feel that perhaps that's where teams like Real Madrid can even – take advantage I, maybe barcelona i don't think they have enough in their in the tank to really contend for this i 
I think I see more of a the scoring. They have to replace all those goals. I That's don't think the they thing. Do. Where are you going to get it from? Where are the goals? Is it going to be Martin Braithwaite? I mean, he scored on the weekend. <laughs> is, is it going to be him? Where, where are we going to get the likes? I already of lost Cunaguero for exactly. months. Think yeah. about it. In in the last two seasons, they lost two of their most prolific strikers, two play, prolific forwards in the la, in that that their history. a lot of goals. Yeah, yeah not, not maybe not their history, but definitely in the in recent time. Now the question is, who is going to step up? Who is going to get the goals? That's my fear of Barcelona as well. Yeah, Griezmann, Depay. I mean, Griezmann, I think he could, the most he could get you some somewhere in that range of 18 to 20. Memphis Depay is not giving you like 20. I don't see 20 goals like that. He's just not that type of player anyways. He's not a nine. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really difficult for them. Um, I think I'll say this. If Ancelotti finds a way to unlock those players and like, the Vinicius juniors of the world, do they take it to like another level, right? If those guys are able to take it to another level like that, then I say, okay, then, then I could see where Real Madrid is going to win. I just personally think Atletico is just the best team in general. And I trust them more in these big matches when Atletico and Barca go up against each other and Atletico and these current Real Madrid sides go up against each other. They have the experience and the talent ahead of both of those sides, in my opinion. So I just I just think in general, I think that's where they have the advantage and I think that's where they're going to end up winning the league. But again, we know it's not always the big teams that you have to beat. You have to beat up on the, some of the smaller teams and they have a tendency uh, throughout their history to to botch that kind of stuff. So guys, I want to give you a, a scenario. What do you feel like it's more likely to happen? Yeah, Cause I think obviously I'd let to go, you know, they won La Liga. I'm sure they want to do that again, but ultimately, and especially for Simeone's legacy there, where he's already mm. a legend. Do you feel like it's more likely that I'd let go out there and win the champions league rat and Real Madrid win La Liga or vice versa? I think the way the way Diego Simeone plays his play style is not conducive to winning in the Champions League. I think you have to be a team that will take a little bit more of a risk going forward. Whereas with him, it's like it's, you saw the Chelsea tie last year, where it's like you're kind of hanging in the balance, you're lurking. Do Atletico have that in them to shift into gear and saying we're going to come out of our defensive shell and score goals? Like, are they a team that can put up goals like that? That's my biggest concern with them. I think over a long season – they're a club that you know, can have their sluggish play, you know, maybe their goal droughts, right? Maybe, maybe they don't have the same sort of firepower that other, some of these other teams that we've been talking about have, but they're a team that knows their identity. They know what their strengths are and they can play to those strengths to get results. Now I may not always be flashy and we talk, everyone talks mm-hmm. about the same, you know, uh, garbage with, with Jose Mourinho and, and all that stuff. <laughs> but I think that's kind of the way I look at Atletico Madrid from a legacy standpoint. If I'm thinking from just being a neutral in this, right? If it's not Milan, I would have no problem seeing Atletico Madrid win because I do like Diego Simeone as a coach. The fact that he's built this sort of a legacy already there as a kind of like a cult hero is fantastic. And I think the one thing obviously that he's missing is the Champions League. If he's able to get that, that cements and encapsulates his legacy there. And I think that's when you start to see a potential opportunity for him at some point very soon go to another club. Maybe it's Inter, right? And, and he's still young as well. He's only oh, no, 51. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think there's always something in his mind that I don't think he's going to be a lifer at Letico Madrid. Like, he'll eventually have that sort of – or that itch 
He does get paid more than any manager on the planet, though. So you're going to have to pay him more than he currently does. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, it's time for Inter. Jeez, no, of course not. Never. (laughs) <laughs> it's not gonna happen but but you but you get you get what i'm saying i know what you're saying and, and real quick getting back this is my last point i'll let you guys finish up on this topic i think the key here is that yes what maybe Ancelotti lacks in sort of uh, on a tactical side right i mean he went from you know napoli and some of these other clubs and he was coaching everton who were mm. 10th place last year in the premier league to getting the madrid job back his man management is phenomenal and I think that's maybe is what's something to drive this Real Madrid team, maybe where they lack in quality or maybe they lack in certain areas or deficient or getting a little bit older, his man management, his, I, his knowledge of a lot of these players in this squad, I think will be a, a huge factor for them and a key reason why they could, you know, potentially win the title according to if, you know, Roberto's potential uh, selection there. Yeah, I think ultimately I'm going with Atleti. Because I've been saying this, um, so I can't backtrack now. But I think it's one of the two. I agree with that. I'll say that. I don't. So you guys have you guys don't see Barcelona cause no, honestly, or even or what about what about Sevilla? Because for some mm. reason, I think they have Is a woman last in the entire season. No, <laughs> no, I don't see I... Sevilla winning it. But I, I think they can cause a surprise, maybe. Nah, I Villa... think top four is Villa... you got Villarreal, the reigning Europa League champions. I mean, I don't know. It, it feels as if I, or something. You know, it's cr- it's so crazy to see Sociedad be undone like that. You thought it would have been a little bit more of a game. It uh, came back there. It was just it got leaky. Yeah. At the back, you know? I mean, they it, they looked out class, but no e-shock in that. Um, so before uh, we get to our sponsors, we just want to say, confirm, we have Roberto, Real Madrid, I'm Atletico. Matt, you have to give me somebody. Who are you taking? I did. I gave you Atletico. Okay. All right. Just tugging, tugging, tugging your shirt. Trying to see if you want to change your mind there. All right. All right. Now for Matt's favorite part of the episode, we have our sponsors coming in. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 90min20. 90min20. That's right. That's the code right there. Matt, there's a bunch of stuff over here that we have to let everyone know about. It has a 4K LED spotlight where you can turn on and off uh, when you need the most precise shaves. You know, I I don't usually shave in the dark just because I can't trust myself like that. So so the light does come in handy sometimes. Maybe it's in the evening before, you know, you're going out. Maybe you're a Hoboken kind of guy. Maybe it'd be uh, more helpful for you if if you go out there and went to Hoboken one time. Not a fan of it. Obviously, maybe even Stanford. They go out to Stanford where Roberto is. That's more of a popular place. They're kind of they're kind of similar places to each other. Um, Roberto, have you been to either Hoboken or Stanford for this stuff? Uh, for going out, I've going out. I've never been to Hoboken though, so I can't really okay. say anything. So you can't really say. Well, either way, you want to make sure you're good, just in case you meet a special someone out there. Absolutely. Um, and that's and that's why we're sponsored by me. 
landscape with this. There's also the Weed Whacker. It's waterproof. It's got 9,000 RPM motor power, 30, 360 degree. Oh, look, Joey Gallo with a home run. 360 degree rotary dual blade system, Roberto, for your nose and ears. Think about that. They have everything. It's a complete package. I will look into it, actually. It's a play on words with package. Do you get it? Yes. Because you're because your balls yes and, yes and your, thank you man yes, yes you know. this thank is you. i have to hit it home i have a for all. i have a master's degree i kind of hopefully i can understand. So, do, so, so do i so do i right, so there so we there we go. we go both have master's degree both signing up for manscape with the code 90 min 20 matt are we going to get you in on it you get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code I should already have one, to be honest with you. I have one of the older ones, though, so I could. Well, use well, exactly. That's uh, why we're here for this upgrade. Job. You did a good, good job packaging it for me. So, yeah. Thanks. Well, there you go. I saw, I saw what you did there with the packaging thing for a clean Trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you, guys. This podcast is also embarked to you in affiliation with SoRare, the global blockchain fantasy game. SoRare is a fantasy game of soccer where players buy, sell, trade, and manage a virtual team with digital player cards. Pet will never shut the fuck up about SoRare and NFTs um, in, in the state of play podcast WhatsApp app. I'm surprised he hasn't lurked on over to the to the journalist group that Roberto created on WhatsApp and started talking about um, some stuff. Obviously, Memphis to Pie card definitely soaring once again. But um, he's got some bit. Pet's got a big announcement. I think he's going to be going with this week, right, Matt? I'm not sure. But anyways, before you do that, you got to use the link. It's in our bio. If you buy five new cards from the primary market, both individual cards and bundles, then you get one free rare card. So head on over to our description of the episode. The link is over there. So you sign up with the so rare stuff. And back to the show. All right. Well, hopefully Matt enjoyed the experience of the Addery um, over Zoom this time live um, because it was his favorite part of the whole episode, even though it's a great episode 102 with Tom Skulls. You guys should go listen to that after you listen to this episode, just in case you didn't already. Um, Roberto, the salary cap. So obviously the idea behind this is if these clubs weren't going to force these salary caps, quote unquote, on themselves, the league had to do something about it, right? Um, and we saw them enforce it because we saw Leo Messi, right? So they're serious about it. We see evidence of it. Um, and we're seeing even more evidence that PK has to take a, uh, a pay cut, not has to take a pay cut, was willing to take a pay cut so some of these other players can get registered. Long-term, this is a great move. Short-term, this is a great move. Do you think this is one of the more important things like Liga as the league itself has done in recent years? It has, because I think that way, and you know, everyone can talk about the things of financial fair play and, and many other things that go on in terms of finances. I think you want that kind of control. Now, obviously, guys, we know this far too well, given the fact that we're here in the United States and we have to deal with sports with salary caps. Now, when you're seeing it and we don't know if other leagues will also follow suit. My guess is that it will have to see, you know, how much spending is made. And, you know, if teams are even in more trouble than what we've seen over there in La Liga. So I think ultimately it seems as if though you get that much control from these teams and, and, you know, you don't see those big flashy, flashy spending, uh, you know, transfer record uh, broken. So it's, it feels as if though, you need to have that kind of just, you know, 
strategy that works. And I think La Liga, you know, seeing what happened with Barcelona and, and other teams as well is that they, they need to deal with this, especially now in a, in a pandemic where, you know, teams are trying to financially recover from, from everything that they've lost over the last year. So, yeah, I think it's ultimately, I think it's good on the short term and the long term, Martino. Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. Um, again, they just had to do something at the end of the day, because like I was mentioning at the beginning of the episode, like it's not UEFA that's honestly putting their foot down on this. They've, they've done a couple of things over the, what the past 10 years or so that you're like, Oh, we're kind of serious, but we're not serious. We saw Barca get that ban after the Art of Turan uh, situation right around that time frame. What a name he was, huh? Back in the day, um, hell of a player, just totally burnt out once he got the Barca contributed to, to this situation. Right. Um, in, in the long run. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do think what Matt said as well, it's probably going to, for some of these teams to go back, use their use systems, try and be savvier on the market. I think overall this plays uh, a big part into everything. I think there's going to actually be a trickle down effect to this cover years. If uh, you hate Ronald Reagan, I guess with Reaganomics, but I think there is a trickle down effect to this guys. And you can tell me if you disagree or agree with this, that listen, if these clubs are not going to be taking on some of these all top talents and giving them absurd wages, they're going to be able to go to some of these other clubs around the landscape of Europe and get their opportunities there. And I think there's actually going to be a less amount of, of bus potential with some of these transfers deals where some of these guys go to clubs way too soon for, for their careers. Right. And they don't get enough playing time, but they're making so much money at these clubs that they can't say no to going to these clubs because on one hand, you're getting paid so much money, but on the other hand, you're not going to get so much playing time. So it's either you go with the short-term guaranteed move or you kind of risk it yourself where you still get paid a good amount of money at another club, but you have more opportunity to play and become a better player. And in the long run, make more money. So I think you're going to start seeing stuff like that. Um, Matt, do you, do you kind of see it unfolding like that a little bit or kind of, kind of think like, yeah. The way I see just the way I see the landscape of the sport as it is. And some of these massive clubs skirting around punishment and penalties I'm looking at you, PSG. I'm looking at you, Manchester City. <laughs> um, I just think that if there's a luxury tax or, or, or salary cap, right, the kind of tour connected, right, we see it often in baseball specifically, which yeah. I know us three have a varying um, knowledge of. But I just think that there's going to be a lot of these bigger clubs that, okay, so you want to do a salary cap. Okay, so what's the, what's the tax, the penalties for exceeding those, luxury, uh, those, those salary cap threshold? Yeah. Okay, we'll just absorb those. It's fine. Because – like you're, you're talking about even Milan too, right? Like Milan has a ton of money, but they don't, like they, they don't like, yes, it's, it's, a yeah, mar- but wouldn't it, wouldn't it be used against revenues and that would factor into FFP. So like say the tax is a hundred million euros, but Hey, that comes at the cost of FFP and you're breaching it. If you don't make more money than what you're risking. With well, that, right, that's, that's what I'm saying, but that, but that's, yeah. that's also my other point too, is, is, is like, some of these big clubs are like, okay, so we're going to get what? We're, what is that? 25 million penalty? Eh, we'll take it on because oh, yeah. ultimately it's a cost of doing business, right? So if you're, mm-hmm. a team, let's say you're, in this case, Barcelona, ah, we're 100, we're, we're 25% or 30% above our, our uh, you know, the, the wage limit, right? The wage bill. Yeah, but if you win the league and you recoup a lot of that money or you win the Champions League as a result of overspending on the market, it's mm-hmm. a cost of doing business. We can take that on, right? Because we know how much you make when you, the further you get in the champions league, or if you win the champions league, or if you win the domestic league or cups or so on and so forth. 
So that's kind of going to be my thing because in one way, yes, it, it could work because it's a, it's an American model. And I think there's, there's proof, there's proof that it does deter a lot of these teams from overspending. Right. But I think at the same time, football is a, a much different animal, a much different beast. And we all know that, right? We both have a good grasp of the European game, but also American sports and the franchise model to know that it's not always applicable in the same way or going to have the same results. So I think I need to see a little bit more, but at the very least, there needs to be some sort of um, uh, reworking of this sort of system that we have because it's failing a lot of these clubs. It's not being applied the same way to certain clubs and, and financial fair play so many years on is still very much confusing and really frankly just kind of odd to to understand how it actually is being implemented yeah uh, it's all about the implementation of things because how many times do we hear and see in the sport that people or or governing bodies are going to say and do one thing and then they do the complete opposite and just neglect half the stuff or whenever they give out a punishment there's an appeal for it and the appeal is just a slap on the wrist that we saw with Manchester City so again yeah it's pretty much all a waiting game but so far I feel like they've taken uh bigger steps in the in, in the proper direction uh for some of these clubs in the long run um interesting comment though about that in terms of the long run Roberto Laporta made these comments before we transition to our last topic of the day, which will be some of these players. Well, Laporta's comments today was that he thinks they're going to be up and running and being okay in 18 to 24 months. I'm not a financial expert, but that's such a crock of shit with the amount of money that they're screwed with right now. How do they personally think that they're going to be able to keep on cutting costs like this, improve as a side, quote unquote, and, and make all this money back in 24 months when we still don't know when this pandemic stuff is going to end. We don't know how far they're going to be making in the Champions League money-wise. Like, there's too many question marks for him to put a time frame on. I think that's silly. It, it really is something that I feel that, you know, if he has the confidence in saying it, credit to him but I agree I'm not a financial expert as well I I don't see how a team like Barcelona like you said one billion dollars in debt that's that's not a small amount guys that is a lot of money and you know everything that you have to deal with in terms of expenses and and like you said you don't know what this team will be like we don't know if they will do well in the Champions League or La Liga. And so you're missing out on a ton of income on top of the players that you have, which, you know, it's still in a way Barcelona can attract the most, but look at the wage demands that these players are probably going to have, even with the wage cut. (laughs) Two years seems like a bit too... too fast for this to happen especially in a pandemic so it, it yeah. just it just makes it even worse on what the hell is gonna happen his error wasn't his whole this. election was based on bringing Messi back and he failed to do so and you know to me it's just kind of there's a lot of empty promises and I don't know man I feel like there's still going to be another Swiss ramble thread coming soon <laughs> that's just not gonna not gonna look at look on them uh, uh fondly um but let's kind of, Matt, do you have any other final points on that before we move on to our last topic? No, actually, I think um, I just want to say, speaking on Swiss Ramble real quick, they put out a great thread on uh, Lionel Messi's move to PSG and how PSG are able to make that work within financial fair play. It's like a long, huge thread, mm-hmm. but definitely recommend checking that out. 
Definitely a good one. I read that one, actually. I read that one. That was not one I skipped over. I know uh, Pet Pet sent me one one time, and he's like, did you read it over? I was like, I didn't read any of these threads that you sent me. Like Sometimes I just get so annoyed by it. I'm like, it doesn't matter what's said in this thing that the rules are not going to apply to this club, so why bother reading? Um, so, yeah, final topic of this show. Um, so since there's a lot of people that might be interested in watching La Liga this season for the first time, uh, for our American listeners, because they are now on ESPN Plus, we saw them on ESPN this past weekend and ABC. Um, what are some of the stars? One of them was missing from the game uh, with Barcelona. Um, no Isak for Real Sociedad. Who were some players, Roberto, that you would point out? And Matt even asked this question yesterday on Twitter, and I gave him a sarcastic response with Sue. So. Um, but who are who are the star players that really attract fans these days? Who are, who are the guys that you have to turn on the stream for for this La Liga side um, if you're interested in watching some of the top talents in Europe? And Matt, you can give a list of your names after Roberto. So Roberto, go ahead. I mean, I think there's a ton. I think, you know, on all levels, not just those that have been at that league for quite some time, but also the young and coming ones. I mean, obviously we we look at someone like, you know, I like to probably call him Iron Man at this point, uh, <laughs> Edry, you know, I think, you know, playing his 300 million game of the season. Um, no, he, he's definitely up there. He's a young rising talent that I think many people are looking as to maybe up there to be one of the best midfielders in the world, if he has the potential to do so. Obviously looking at the Barcelona side, you still have the likes of Frankie de Jong, Memphis Depay, as you said, you know, a, a good player on his day, talented, you know, Griezmann, you know, let's see what he can go from there. Um, you know, looking at Real Madrid, I mean, people will still remember Eden Hazard, but he's still a big name in terms of popularity. So he, he's definitely up there to, to focus on. I mean, obviously, you know, Benzema, the, the consistent goal scoring, what he's done, he's going to be the one to watch out for. Obviously got Courtois recently just signed a new contract with Real Madrid, obviously big name as well. Um, and Atleti, I mean, can't go. Can't, I, I personally think that is your biggest name right there. I think it's Luis Suarez because of what he was able to achieve um, during the course of his career. He's, he's definitely mm. the one to watch out for. Joao Felix, I mean, he's still that's a, still a young talent to watch out for. Um, for Serie A fans, maybe they, they want to get the best out of someone like Rodrigo De Paul. Um, mm. You know, it's, th- th- there's a lot out there, guys. And so it's I don't think the, the departure of Messi... It, it was going to it's, it's a huge it's, it's going to hurt the casual absolutely but there's still uh. talented players to watch out for um on all levels it's 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 what and, and pe- people are fans of players than than more of teams nowadays anyway but ultimately i think it's just a case of what you feel is are the players to attract that you feel are good to to watch and and go from there really more than the teams if anything Matt. Well, I'm going to go on the younger side here. Uh, I don't have, I'm not going to say I have a list of names, but obviously <laughs> there's been um, a couple that I've been uh, keeping my eyes on over the past couple of years. And obviously, you know, keeping a little bit closer eye on it now that there's a little bit more access to La Liga, which I'll be uh, tuning into regularly this year. Uh, Jules Koundé, right? I think he's been linked tightly to a Chelsea move, which would be massive for them. Um, and and what, what it's been two potentially great summers for them if they can get this over the line. Young central defender from Sevilla, obviously a ton of potential, ton of interest around Europe. 
goes without saying he's one of the he's pretty much I think in my opinion this year's Upa Makano in the sense that it's like all right we know this guy's very good we know his future's beyond Sevilla you know he's going to make a big move and whoever gets him is going to really benefit from having him around it's just going to be a matter of whether or not Sevilla can keep him for one more additional year but I, I like him a ton I mean very young France keeps churning out young central defenders and just young talent in general um, pretty much all, of, all over the globe is where they're playing. Um, and obviously, uh, Mikael uh, Oyarzabal, I'm probably saying that wrong. I know Roberto, I usually resort to him or some <laughs> of Spanish-speaking guests. To get the say, say it again, say it again, Matt. I want to hear it one more time. Mikael Oyarzabal. Oyarzabal. Listen, yeah. man, I don't have that. <laughs> you, you know what you're doing over there. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> he can play. He's, he's an exciting player. In fact, he's actually a player... Um, I kept a close eye on a couple of years ago when it was him and Martin Odegaard at, at, at La Real kind of doing their thing week to week. And honestly, guys, none of us mentioned David Silva. The fact that David Silva is still playing at a team that could be in the Champions League the next Lazio year. Lazio player? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Shout out to our Lazio fans are listening here. Um, but yeah, so I think there's, there's still a lot of talent obviously in this league without question beyond you know what we saw Messi Ronaldo it's just going to be one of those things where you're going to have to tune in it's going to make you tune in to other teams right because it's going to force you to say well there's no Messi there's no Ronaldo Ramos is not here a lot of these other players that I've been watching for years are not here what else does that does this league got who's the next wave of players coming up that are going to be you carrying this league forward and I think that's what this year is very important for La Liga yes but also those who broadcast the games to showcase to, to people, you know, who obviously we have a good knowledge of, of a lot of these leagues, but the casual fan, right. That is just mostly tuning into the uh, classical every year to look beyond those two clubs for, for exciting players. Yeah. And I, and I think that's only going to be um, more focused the second that you get a tight title race, because the second that happens, there's, you're so invested in it. You're watching multiple matches and that kind of sucks in the casual. Um, how about Serginho Dest as one of those guys? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he explodes onto the scene because I think he's going to get a, a, a credible amount of playing time at Barca. Um, I think it's a good spot for him to develop. Um, and hopefully um, he keeps on developing into one of the better right backs in, in world football, because we know uh, the defending gold cup champions need him um when when they go to world cup qualifiers uh but that'll pretty much wrap up this episode so i mean it was a great wealth of knowledge it's just been probably the craziest la liga off season uh to date that i can remember and definitely at the top of the list for the state of play podcast but roberto we'd like to thank you for jumping on once again of bn sports and low limit football tell everyone where they could go and follow your work obviously your twitter uh, again if you guys forget it's in the description of the episode but go ahead and plug everything my man yeah thank you so much for having me and yeah um obviously follow my stuff on Lone football uh obviously stuff at bn i also do a podcast on paraguayan soccer every week called what i need vision so keep an eye out for that but on twitter you can just find me at roberto rojas 97 where i you know obviously talking about what's going on in in, La in all of all of the top five leagues and, and at times as well, telling Martino not to get into fights with clowns on Twitter. But yes, that's where you can find me on there. <laughs> yes, I got multiple people telling me that, including uh, my partner over here, Matt. Matt, go ahead. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. Of course, 
follow the podcast here that you're listening to at State of Play Pod. Um, hopefully we get the nomination for the FCAs to have a back-to-back winning year, um, but we'll keep you posted on that. And also keep an eye out so from, for some more content from me from Football Tally. I'll be covering Milan once again this year. So keep an eye out on all that stuff. Again, all on Twitter at Matt underscore Santangelo. Yeah, and you got a shout out from IFTV, by the way. So, so pretty cool I did, stuff I got, there. I got to answer that. I don't know if that was Adamo, Mike, or Marco. So I got to get back to them on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get back to them on that. Um, definitely a good follow. You guys can follow Pet as well at P E T B E R I S H A. Um, hilarious to watch him explode with the Arsenal stuff. It's just really funny. There's a timer. Look. How good of a that's, host am I? That's Arthur picking time bomb. That's Mikel Arteta's time zone. Um, oh, my God. Does not make it past Halloween. Does not make it past Halloween. That's my proclamation of the State of Play podcast right now. So if we get a clip, send it over to Harry of 90 Minute Football. Force Pet to early retirement. If Mikel Arteta gets sacked during the year, that'll force Pet. Pet, Pet gassed up this man. He gassed him up to be one of the best young men. Yeah, he trained underneath Pep Guardiola, man. He must be good. I'm like, all right. Yeah. If you're coaching Arsenal, buddy, it's a different, it's a different ball game. They're a disaster. They're absolutely horrific. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, we'll see what happens with them. But go follow Pet on there if you want to enjoy a nice laugh and all of his work. Um, we'll see if he's back next week. But you can follow me on Twitter at Martino Puccio. NFL season coming up. Baseball um it's obviously um it's just a disaster at this point. So, I, it's just no real point in discussing that anymore basketball all this all the usual stuff in sports i talk about um transfer windows are not over guys so how about you all chill the hell out and judge them when they're done that's all i have to say at the end of this um other than that thank you roberto for coming on pet rest easy uh are still still going to be bad tomorrow matt um take care of that flow talk to you soon other than that you guys can listen to some working